Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Live with Doug. We are thinking through God's Word together today. We are wrapping up Romans 9, 10, and 11. So bring your coffee, bring your questions, and let's uh, see if we can sort this all out, put it together. I have seen a few questions, and they tend to be along the same line, so that makes sense. Uh, It is a difficult passage in some ways. Uh, Good morning, Megan and Rob. Good afternoon to you. You said, so definitely no future in-gathering. Definitely. (laughs) Hey, Martha. Edgar, good morning, Caitlin. So, yeah, so there still seems to be some hang-up on who the all-Israel is. So let me me come at it this way, and if this doesn't uh, clear it up, then uh, I'll try again. Uh, Lon had uh, questions, and he put a comment, and he said he wasn't going to be able to join us today, so hopefully I can answer his question. Um, so let me just read it to you so that I cannot be with you. In eleven twenty six and 27, it says, So all Israel will be saved when I take away their sins, quoting Isaiah 27. Is Paul referring to those Jews not hardened, the remnant? So the question is, all Israel who are saved, is that the remnant? Uh if not, how is all Israel saved? And are there some group of theologians who looked at this verse as proof that God is not done with ethnic or geopolitical Israel? Uh, as far as the latter question, yes. Uh, a lot of people, <coughs> excuse me, by the way, I am not firing on all cylinders today. I'm, uh, we're passing something around here in my household, and uh, I came down with it yesterday. I wasn't sure I was going to be able to do this today, but so far the coughing has been somewhat minimal, And uh, but my my mind and my mouth are not exactly engaged. So if I say something that seems uh, out of sorts, uh, please put it in the chat and tell me to say it again because I'm trying to focus. Um, So let me come at it this way. Remember how Romans 11 ends. We looked at this yesterday. Remember Paul says, Oh, the depth of riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments, how untraceable his ways. I think some of your translations may say how unfathomable. The idea is what God has done, his path, his way, the, the, the path he's chosen to go down and his judgments, they, they're beyond our finding out. For who knew the mind of the Lord? Who became his counselor? All of this is Paul communicating. This was not expected. Going back to what he says in verse 25, 26, that the mystery, this is not expected. You wouldn't have, just when you think, especially as you read the Old Testament, read the prophets, and you think you've figured out what God's doing, now that Christ has come, we realize, oh no, that's not exactly what he was doing. So uh, I'm repeating that to get it in our head that what we think we know at first glance is not what God was doing. That's the point. This is the mystery. This, is, this was uh, unexpected. Okay? Uh, so then, yeah, back to verse 25. I don't want you to be ignorant, brothers, of this mystery. Again, secret. I like mystery better because that communicates the, the real intent. It's something that was hidden. It's now been revealed because he doesn't want them. He doesn't want the Romans to be conceited. So this mystery is that Israel has been hardened in part 
and until. So it's a partial hardening and it's a temporary hardening until the fullness of Gentiles may come in. So what I think he's getting at is he's telling the Romans there. Now, in light of all that I've just explained to you about the hardening of Israel, don't be arrogant. In fact, let me tell you a piece of information you didn't know. The reason they rejected the Messiah is because God hardened them. He was bringing judgment upon them for rejecting Christ. And that, well, actually, that's not quite true, is it? He, it is the punishment. They're rejecting Christ for all the, the sins of the covenant from past generations. He was bringing it into its final and full culmination on that generation in the first century. So as the Jews, most of them in the first century, rejected the Messiah, the Gentiles were receiving the Messiah and they were coming in to the people of God, to the church, that kind of thing. But he says, I don't want you to be ignorant. It's partial and it's temporary. And in this way, that's what so means, in this way, all Israel will be saved. Now that, that all Israel trips us up. And maybe just because of the words, all Israel. And partially also, I think, because we do have people who are teaching that in the future, geopolitical Israel is going to be saved. Or, as I mentioned, I think it was yesterday, uh, there's the predominant view among non-dispensationalists is that this is teaching a massive in-gathering, as, as Rob mentioned, an in-gathering at the end. Because it says all. Well, let's just think that through for a minute. In none of these views does all mean all. Right? Neither dispensationalists nor uh, traditional reform theology, nobody believes that when he says all Israel will be saved, it means every single Israelite at the end. For the dispensationalists, of course, they, they've got to get Israel through the tribulation, and there's going to be a lot of people there that sign up with the Antichrist and, and so on. And for the Reform guys, they don't believe that this is teaching that every single, they say, oh, it means a lot, not all. <laughs> well, I think if we keep in mind what he's been concerned with the whole way, this gets a little easier. Remember? the question that started this whole thing, right? It's not really a question. Paul doesn't pose it as a question, but it sure sounds to me like it's a, a question that he's interacting with, a question in his own mind, at least. Has the word of God failed? He says, no, it's not as though, or it's not possible that the word of God has failed. So let's again, remind ourselves of why he would even have to interact with that concept. Why would anybody think that God's word has failed because most of the Jews of his day did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. They rejected him. They wanted him crucified and they were even persecuting Christians like Paul and the apostles. So if most of the Israelites of the first century rejected Christ, then what about all those prophecies 
in Isaiah and Ezekiel and Obed, I mean, all of them. What about all those predictions, prophecies of God saving Jerusalem, saving Zion, going and calling together all of the sons of, of Jerusalem and Zion back? And, and it, sure, it, it sounds like he's saying all of Israel is going to come and be saved someday. So what gives, Paul? Has God's word failed? No. For not all who are of Israel are these of Israel. All Israel will be saved, but we got to remember he's already made the point, not all Israel is Israel. So we might frame it this way. Maybe this will help Lon and others. There's ethnic Israel, and then there's elect Israel. So ethnic Israel would include all who are circumcised descendants of, da- of Jacob. Within that circle, there is a smaller group of elect Israel. Right? Not all who are of Israel, not all who are descended from Jacob, are these of Israel. So when God promised to save Israel, he didn't mean he was going to save every single Israelite. Then he goes on to distinguish distinguish the children of promise and the children of flesh. Children of flesh are those physical descendants who are circumcised. Children of promise are the ones who are what I'm calling the elect Israel. And they will all be saved. And remember, he goes on down here in uh, 923. Actually, back to 22. And if God willing to show wrath, and remember we talked about this, he wanted, this This willing means he willed it. He wanted to show wrath and to make known his power. He endured in much long suffering vessels of wrath fitted for destruction. So among the descendants of Jacob, God was patient generation after generation until the time of Christ with these vessels of wrath from Israel who were fitted for destruction. That he might make known the riches of his glory on vessels of kindness. That would be elect Israel. And then he throws in here in this, he's calling these not only out of the Jews, but also out of the nations. And then he goes through, remember the rest of 9 and 10, and quotes from Isaiah and other places to talk about how uh, with Israel, he held out his hands all day long saying, repent, come. They wouldn't. So he went to this people who was not a people. He went to the Gentiles. And then chapter 11, he starts saying, okay, well, so does that mean that, that uh, Israel has fallen and can't get up? <laughs> no. Did God do this in order that they would fall? Not exactly. This was his plan all along to harden a group of Israelites in the first century so they would reject Christ and take the gospel to the Gentiles. Now someone asked uh, the remnants. Let me let me go over here and get the question exactly. Um, one question I have about the, this is uh, Tom Owen. Uh, one question I have about the temporary hardening of the thousands of Jews coming to Christ at Pentecost, do you believe that happened during the hardening time? Sorry, I misread that. One question I have about the temporary, oh, you know, I didn't. I 
the temporary hardening and the thousands of Jews coming to Christ at Pentecost, do you believe that happened during the hardening time? Yes. I think the hardening time was the time of Christ. They were hardened. He blinded their eyes so that they could not see that Jesus was the Messiah. The remnant, the elect, did believe that Jesus was the Messiah. So there was a small group whose eyes were opened. Paul says this. He says, it's not as though there are none. He says, remember back to Elijah's day, 7,000? Paul and the other apostles, the 3,000 on the day of Pentecost, those were all Jews who were part of that remnant who were not hardened. The chosen received him. The rest were hardened. That's what he says in Romans 11. So when the fullness of Gentiles, fullness of nations come in, which I believe is happening in Paul's day, at some point the hardening is going to be lifted and Israel will no longer be hardened. And all Israel, all elect Israel will be saved through the deliverer who comes from Zion. And the timing, I believe, is the fall of Jerusalem when he takes away their sins. We looked at that from Isaiah 27. I don't know if I'm clearing anything up or not. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, Jeff says, when Jesus, son of David, the ultimate king returns, will he reject his lineage or will he be king of the Jews? Um, well, I don't think we are to think in terms of Jew and Gentile anymore. So he's going to be king of his people, the church. Uh, God covenant with Israel and anyone else always conditional. Um, well, sort of. I mean, the, the new covenant's conditional on faith. That's what you mean. Arthur says, hi, Doug. If Israel was divided between unbelievers and believers, could we say that unbelieving Israel was judged and ended in 70 AD and that believing Israel, the elect, continues to this day? Uh, if I'm understanding your question correctly, yes. Unbelieving Israel was judged and ended. Well, I mean, there are still Israelites even to our day that don't believe, but I, uh, maybe, maybe this is what you're getting at. I believe the old covenant, the final curses of the old covenant were poured out on, on uh, Israel in 70 AD. So I don't think God is any longer angry at the Jews more or less than any other sinful group. And then I think uh, Paul goes on here to say there will always be Jews who come to faith, who come to the, to the deliverer. Does that make sense? Are the Jews who deny Jesus as their Messiah pleasing God or displeasing God? Uh, obviously displeasing God. Mighty Monkey says the elect escaped to Pela in 70 AD. Well, yeah, Jesus warned them all, right? Get out of Dodge. Get out of there. Alexander Torres says, Doug, do you believe the Jews were provoked to jealousy specifically in the first century? And can the same be said of the 21st century? Yeah, I think all of this ended in the first century. Uh, I, think, I think God is done with Israel as Israel, as a nation, 
I think it all ended in, in 70 AD. I think this passage, uh, they are beloved on account of the fathers. So here he says, as, as regards the gospel, they are enemies. That's talking to his day, right? But as regards divine selection, they are beloved on account of the fathers for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevoc irrevocable or without uh, remorse. I think what he's getting at there is there will be descendants of the fathers who come to the deliverer. But that doesn't have anything to do with them being a nation. So I think the old covenant's over. God finished his... Uh, purposes with Israel as a nation in 70 AD. Caitlin says, God's covenant with the Jews was conditional. The new covenant is everlasting, right? Rob says, would it be fair to say that the destruction of Israel in 70 AD acted as a catalyst for the removal of the hardening and the Jews coming in? I believe so. I, I think that's the timing that he's giving us here, such as the earthquake was a catalyst for the jailer to come to faith in Acts 18. Yeah, I think that's what uh, what he's getting at here. Uh, and that ties into what Jesus said in Matthew 24, that uh, that's going to be the final judgment on the nation of Israel. The bottom line is I think the old covenant is completely over. I don't think Israel as a nation is unique to God in any way. I don't think there's a unique hardening on Israel either. Someone asks the question, I can't remember if we interacted with this already or not. You know, and we see like what happened at the Holocaust and what's even happening in our own day right now uh, and the, uh, the suffering that the Jews have endured for a long time, you know, is that God's still angry with them? I don't, I don't see it here. I don't see it in the, in the scripture. I don't, I don't see that as, uh, as prophesied here. I don't, I don't, I don't see anything in the scripture that would say that God is going to be perpetually angry with ethnic Israel. I mean, there are great atrocities that have happened to lots of people, right? You realize there are more Christians killed and martyred in the 20th century than all the previous centuries combined. And there, we, the Holocaust was so awful that it, it takes on a uh, just this sobering uh, sense in our in our minds, and rightfully so. But there have been a lot of things like that over the years to non-Jews as well. So I don't I don't think uh, that it has anything to do with. As I read the Bible anyway, I don't see that. Back to Bible says the criteria with being God's people is faith in Jesus. If you do not have the Son, you do not have the Father. Amazing how much of Christianity still see ethnicity as a tie to the people of God. Agreed. Now, again, some of them are going to take a passage like this and extrapolate it and say the Jews have a, a preference. And again, and, and that, that brings up a good point. And there are some good conservative solid teachers that believe this too. They go back and they read the Old Testament and say, God needs to fulfill all these promises literally. And if he's going to do that, then there has to be a kingdom of Israel. And I think that misses the whole point of the New Testament. Alexander Torres, given that the hardening of the Jews has been lifted, would the best way to share the gospel with a Jew be by going through the law, like what Paul is doing here in Romans? Uh, I think that that can be. Uh, 
an effective way say that you know you haven't kept the law you're guilty and what are you going to do with that guilt uh, so certainly but i would certainly i would also want to go through and say you know here's all the evidence that jesus is the messiah and you need to uh, need to accept him it's the only way to find forgiveness all right um any other questions i i feel like i'm being unclear i my head is kind of cloudy um does does the all Israel, does that make sense? Did I, did I communicate that effectively? That I think all Israel will be saved is all elect Israel. And that I think is ongoing. So Christ comes, the remnant believed in him, the rest were hardened as punishment for that hardening and previous sins, God destroyed Jerusalem in 70 AD, including a lot of Jews. With that destruction of the temple, the Jerusalem and the the many deaths and exile and all that, the hardening was lifted. And since that time, the elect Israel, the, the chosen ones from the line of Jacob are coming to the Redeemer. And I expect that to happen forever through the end till Jesus comes back. Just like he's calling vessels of mercy from the Gentiles as well. Is that, is that cleared up? Uh, Caitlin says, all the promises made to the Jews was kept. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we so easily forget that the promises included the curses of the Old Covenant, which God brought about in its entirety in uh, 70 AD. Uh, oh, thank you, Caitlin. That is very kind of you. Uh, I'd love for you to spend a, a six months on Matthew 24, Luke 21, uh, Mark 13. Uh, have you watched the uh, What About Israel series? I spent quite a bit of time on those passages. So I, I did a series on this section right here in Romans 9 through 11, and then branched away from Romans and went back to Daniel 9 and Matthew 24 and some other places. Uh, so it's not just about Romans. So if you haven't watched that series, you might want to go uh, check that out. Uh, back to Bible says, seems dispensation and reformed abandoned the natural meaning of all. Yeah. And again, we come to it with presuppositions. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, back to the uh, monkey says, that's how he found me. All right, good. All right, um, so it sounds like I've answered the questions. I hope I have. Um, I hope, hope I've answered the, the ones that came in as well. All right, so uh, Lord willing, tomorrow we'll do Fridays with the fellas, and then Monday we'll get to Romans 12. And I want to encourage you. I know there's a lot of people who like the Israel stuff and the Romans 7 stuff. And as we get to chapter 12 and all the admonitions for us as believers and first to the Romans, then by extension to us, uh, it's easy to say, yeah, 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 okay, love one another, whatever, but it's important. And he keeps coming back to, we've got uh, the uh, the weaker brother, stronger brother in chapter 14, we've got authority, right? In chapter 13, submit to authority, and that's a big deal right now. So uh, come back, stay with us, don't, uh, 
don't just get excited about Israel. Let's let's finish the letter together. All right. Have a great uh, day, and we'll see you guys tomorrow and the rest of you on Monday. God bless.